When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Dilly Ding Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner. Joining me in the King Power Stadium just a couple of hours at the end of a rather frustrating uh, goal of stalemate is James the Sharp End Sharp. Good evening. We're both uh, very tired and, and rather <laughs> uninspired, I would say, by um, tonight's um, performance and, and result. Uh, five games now without um, a victory on home soil and, and you can sense the fans are getting frustrated. Yeah, the booze at the final whistle would would suggest that. Um, you say five now out of win, and they're against teams that you would hope that Leicester would, would suspect Leicester would get point would get wins against. So Swansea, uh, Bournemouth, Stoke, Newcastle, um, these are all teams that you would hope that Leicester would get wins against. Um, it's weird because I thought they started quite well. I mean, a lot of them uh, recently, in recent weeks, it's been. Slow starts that's been the problem, and Leicester have built poor got, first half yeah, displays and, and, and playing catch up at the end. Then. Yeah, whereas this one was the way round. They started really well, I thought, and were moved it quicker and more with more intensity. And signs really good first twenty minutes, and then it just fell off a cliff. And for the rest of the game, it was all very laboured, sideways, not creating all that much, and fans fans got frustrated at the end. I can understand the frustration as well because Leicester City are better than what we're seeing at the moment, aren't they? Mm. And I think in terms of an attacking sense in the final third, they're just not creating enough chances. I mean, I thought the first 20, 25 minutes they played with quite a lot of verve, energy, they moved the ball quickly. Kelechi Nacho, I thought, played excellent in the hole as the number 10 behind Jamie Vardy. He was picking the ball up, turning, finding space. But then it all just stopped. It almost as if like somebody had flicked a switch, and yeah. all the batteries were drained, and, and and they just couldn't get themselves going again. And I don't think Claude had too many options on the bench to really give an injection of of an, an attacking threat in the second half. He had uh, just the youngsters, Fasini Diabati and Harvey Barnes as attacking players, and he introduced Hamza Chadri. So I think where do I think the question is where do Leicester City go now between now and the end of the season? I mean, are we going to get more of this for the for like the final few games or? Well, it, you'd hope not because, I mean, there's a lot of talk and I, I for one, have been quite vocal in trying to explain that this is a long-term project for Puel, with Puel and you might have to go through a little bit of, of pain before it, become, it gets right and Claude even said the same in his press conference talking about how he's a builder and not a firefighter. But he needs the time to do that. But if he keeps playing like this and the fans continue to get frustrated and the boos start happening and and negativity starts to build all that patience then it starts to get difficult doesn't it so you hopefully we can see more positive football and more and better performance between now and the end of the season for our sake for the fans sake for for Puel's sake more than anything mm. um but we have to wait we have to wait and see i think what we are going to see and we we'll, might come to this now with team selections is we might start to see a bit of a changing of the guard. Absolutely. I, mean, I was talking to some of the Southampton reporters about, was it the same with them? 
at Southampton. They said, yeah, towards the end of that season, last when he when they finished eighth, it was very much very similar. You know, the side was lacking creativity. The play was too slow. But um, they said to me that all the, the French journalists they spoke to when Puel came to Southampton and so little was known about him, they said he is a builder of teams and second seasons, he's always done really, really well. You've seen the benefits of his work, but at Southampton he wasn't given a second season. And it, what, is he going to be given a second season at City? Oh, we don't know yet, do we? Now? That's why I think that's why I said I think it's important that he finds a way of getting it to finish the season strongly and so that there's a bit of good that there's goodwill there and he can give them a reason give the owners a reason to say look the signs are here it just I just need a pre-season I need my own players but it, there's signs here of, of positivity that's what he needs between now and the end of the season it's the hope that he can get that but yeah you look at when he's at Lille and Leon, all those kind of clubs he's had, he's had more time the Premier League, you don't get time because it's so lucrative. The paranoia about being relegated is so strong. We've seen it with the last two managers here, Ranieri and, and Shakespeare. As soon as they start getting dragged into that relegation battle, they're gone. So, so the lack of patience in the Premier League means that managers don't get time anymore. And between now and the end of the season... Puel needs to be able to show the owners and show the fans that there are signs of positivity on which you can build. Well, he certainly showed everybody a sign. He sent a message, quite a clear message, to his players and to the fans and to the owners that um, he is intent on changing quite a bit about this side. Um, yeah. It's a team in transition. And uh, he, he took the, uh, the the decision to drop captain Wes Morgan and regular right-back Danny Simpson. And if you look at that side... That started 11 tonight. There was only three regular starters from the title-winning side. Ryan Morris, Jamie Vardy and Mark Brighton, who was playing out of position at right-back. It certainly has been a change in the guard, hasn't it, in, the, in some sense. Whether it, he persists with that between now and the end of the season um, remains to be seen. But um, that was quite a, quite a talking point before the game. Yeah, it was. And even after the game, I, I asked Puel in his press conference how big a decision it was for him, how Wes took it. Claude seemed to say, he said, well, I'm just rotating now and trying out new players between now and the end of the season. He's still the captain. It's all fine. It's great. There wasn't that sense before the game when the team news was announced. Bearing in mind on Thursday, we'd had the press conference here. Not Thursday, Tuesday. We had the press conference here and he'd said that this game um, is the beginning of the new season. This next season starts now, and the first thing he did was drop Wes Morgan and Danny Simpson, who are the two players who you would look at when you think about the types of players Puel wants who are comfortable on the ball, full-backs who are attacking, centre-backs that are composed with the ball at their feet like Harry Maguire. They're the two that you'd look at and go, eh, it's questionable whether those two are a Puel kind of players. The very first game after he says about the new season starts now, those two are dropped. That felt important. It, it felt like a seminal moment. Yeah, there's definitely a shift, isn't there? There's definitely a shift going on, uh, a move away. I mean, I, I wrote a, f- a few weeks ago in one of my verdicts about this feels like sort of the natural end of that uh, that sort of era from that team. It's all sort of cut slowly coming to a, to a halt and I think we're going to see a lot of players coming and going in the summer as Puel 
builds his team as he as he suggests. But uh, in the meantime, he's got to get some results and he's got to get put some performances out there that um, are going to keep the fans on side. Um, we've heard the boos at the end, the frustration. Um, as we said at the start, it's five games now without a victory on home soil, and um, you know he's got a couple of games now coming up. He's at home, West Ham. And Arsenal, um, that can be pretty important, um, more so than the away games at Crystal Palace and Tottenham, I, w- I would argue. But uh, yeah, it does feel like, even though there's doesn't look like there's a lot to play for in, in the league, there certainly is a lot to play for, isn't it? But for certain individuals, and if it's the players that um, have to convince him that they're worth keeping around for for another season, or it's the youngsters wanting to show him that. They want to be in his plans for the future. Or it's Puel convincing well. the owners that he is the man to take them forward. Exactly. I mean, I look at the table, and they, it obviously looks safe and secure, but no, nobody's safe and secure at the moment. There's, it, there's a transition going on here. Yeah, there is. And uh, there's fans on social media look a little, are a bit divided on it. You've got the people who are saying, no, four wins in 17, I think it is. Not good enough. Off. and others who are saying no saying yeah it is frustrating and it isn't great at the minute but there are flashes or there are there are signs that there's a project to be built on so there is a, a bit of a parting in the fans at the minute and a general sense of frustration and that is diff- that is it's difficult for for Puel, difficult for for us a little bit to try and get a a, a sense of of, of it but like I said before, the, the, the lack of patience in the Premier League means that... And I think as well, Leicester are so used to... Not 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 exactly their expectations being blown out of proportion by winning the Premier League, but Leicester are this... They have this persona as being a fearless, in-your-face, foxes never quit, um, like, real kind of cavalier, brutish attitude. And they're starting to move away from that. And I think that's an uncomfortable shift for some fans who are... Because they're used to this foxes never quit in your face underdog mentality. Le- Leicester owners don't want Leicester to be underdogs anymore. Leicester aren't. I've been trying to build. Poils want to build Leicester into a team that aren't underdogs anymore. And I think that's difficult at the minute with all the frustration that's, that's around. But let's talk about some of the positives from tonight because th- there were positives. I thought Dragovic did very well yeah. as centre-back again. Sign him up, I say, if that option is worth £16 million, as has been reported. So. £16 million, pounds, only £1 million pounds less than they uh, signed, paid for Harry Maguire. I, I'd pay it. I thought Michael Brighton did well at right-back as well. His uh, range of passing and crossing from uh, from from deep was uh, a real threat. And uh, he got the, ma- the sponsors man of the match. He teed up Jamie Vardy a treat, didn't he, with the one yeah, ball he did. in the second half. Uh, Wilfred Diddy uh, emphasised his importance again in midfield with an all-action, robust sort of display. But once you start talking about them, and obviously Ben Hamer's crucial save yeah. Shane Long. I mean, Ben Hamer had starting his first Premier League game for three years. That's a long way for a goalkeeper, and uh, but he kept a clean sheet and uh, pulled off the, the the great save, which was the the best chance of the game for both sides. Yeah. Any other positives for you? Because I can't think of too many after that. No, we mentioned Ian Acho at the start, didn't we? And yeah. I thought he had. A, I thought he was excellent for the first twenty minutes. I think Leicester's play in general mapped his play in general because he was brilliant at the start, and it showed really how crucial that number ten role is under Puel because. There's someone there who links midfield and attack, who takes the ball, 
turns, moves it quickly, crucially moves it forward, without that player in there being as dynamic as Ian actually was in the first 20 minutes, the temptation is to just move the ball sideways with, with little actual... And he hasn't got a natural number 10. He's playing no. a system that needs a natural exactly. number 10. Exactly, and then Ian actually faded after 20 minutes, as did Leicester. So as soon as that number 10 position faded, Leicester's attacking threat faded, really. So highlights, as you, as you say, the the importance of getting that position right over the summer. So that was that was important. Um, that was that was a positive, uh, albeit a brief positive. Dragovic played well. There's one scary moment where he fell out, where he slipped just before uh, Hayman made the save. But other than that, he looked solid, and I, and I can't see Wes getting back in. I mean, honest. Claude said in his press conference that. West might come back in for the next game. Who knows? In, on that performance, Dragovic is there to stay, I think. And I'll probably stay for a long time. Well, I think so. I think they'll have a look at him now between the end of the season because they know what uh, Wes can do. Uh, he looks like he's tired at the moment. The, perform- the last two performances that we've seen of him, he, he just hasn't had that brightness or spark that he, he had before. And He's played so much football. He's played so, so much. Like 650 career appearances. He's hardly missed a, he's hardly missed a game since he joined Leicester. As well as all those international competitions during the summer, there's that famous summer where he played two international competitions, and it was about three seasons where he had no break, non-stop football, and even for all the games he's played for Leicester, he's still over a hundred appearances behind how many he made for Forest. So that, that gives you a sense of just how much first-team football Wes has played over his career. He's 34 now, isn't he? Um, time takes its toll on players, and you can see at the minute. He does look. He looks. He looks. He looks a bit lethargic. Well, to quote Indiana Jones, it's not case of the years; it's the mileage, and he certainly clocked up some mileage over over the recent years. Where's Morgan? Uh, uh, that's the end of this podcast. It's a bit of an impromptu one yeah. for us uh, this week because of the awkwardness of a Thursday night kickoff. Uh, we'll have lots of stories though on our website and on our Facebook page. All the reaction to today's game, and we'll. Uh, analyse Leicester City in more detail as well uh, over the coming days so check back on the Mercury website on our Facebook page I didn't say it at the start but I always say it at the end don't forget to go to beer52.com uh, use the tagline Leicester to register and you can be enjoying eight beers from around the world for free all you have to do is pay the post of the packing thank you very much for listening to us uh, we'll see you again next time